Hey Islanders, it's your boy Bombo going through your week two must starts. These are guys that are in blow up spots and are primed to ball out on your roster. Also going to go through some guys who you should probably keep on the bench or try to find some other options for. So we're going to start off at the quarterback position. I got two guys for the exact same reason. You can't expect these guys to have two bad games in a row going against very questionable defense. We're going to start with Josh Allen, Buffalo Bills, going against the Las Vegas Raiders. I'm predicting three touchdowns in the air, one on the ground. Raiders defense is very suspect. And Josh Allen is just coming off of one of the worst games in front of the national TV audience. It's a get right game for Buffalo. I expect them to win and win big. Josh Allen will be the beneficiary of all of his receivers catching some deep passes. And this is a perfect scenario for Josh Allen to ball out against this suspect Raiders defense. Uh, I just think that there's no way that Josh Allen is going to put up two bad performances in a row. So give me all the Josh Allen in the same boat. Give me Geno Smith must start versus the Lions. Lions are another defense that's really suspect. Very middle of the road when it comes to stopping passers. Uh, Geno Smith has the weapons. Geno Smith is going to get the ball out to his weapons. Plus, they're coming off of a very embarrassing loss as well to the Rams. So give me Geno Smith with three touchdowns and about 350 yards passing. That's why you drafted these guys. Start them. I don't anticipate these guys having another bad game. Moving on to the running backs position. Give me Saquon versus the Arizona Cardinals. The Giants cannot be happy with the fact that they're the only team from week one to not score any points. Uh, I think it's time to shine against a team that I think is tanking in the Arizona Cardinals. They need to get their playmaker the ball in that Saquon. I expect Saquon to have about 125 all-purpose yards, one reception touchdown, one rushing touchdown. Uh, he'll have one, at least one highlight play going into week two. Uh, my next must-start running back, Isaiah Pacheco from the Kansas City Chiefs going against the Jags. I like Pacheco in this spot because what the, of the usage that we saw in week one, and that was Pacheco catching passes out of the backfield. Design plays for him to catch the ball from Patrick Mahomes. That's the element of Pacheco's game that we were really missing. Now, I know that CEH got the start for KC, but I think that's more of KC rewarding CEH for being there all camp and playing all through the preseason while Pacheco was nursing an injury. But when it came down to meaningful touches, Pacheco was the one that they leaned on. I think he's the better overall back. This is the breakout game, you could probably say, but this is the game where all of the Pacheco owners will realize why they drafted him where they drafted him. Jags are really not scaring anybody with the run defense. They had a good game last week because they were going against probably the worst backfield tandem uh, in the league of Deion Jackson and Evan Hall for the Indianapolis Colts. So I expect a KC Jags shootout. Um, if they want to slow the game down, they're going to have to lean on the run. I think Pacheco breaks one. Uh, give me Pacheco with touchdown and 100 all-purpose yards. For pass catchers that you must start, I'm going to give you a couple of tight ends and a wide receiver. Hunter Henry for the New England Patriots going against the Dolphins. Hear me out. Reports have came out that Juju Smith-Schuster is viewed as the seventh best pass catcher on the Patriots by the Patriots themselves. That's not good for who we all thought was going to be brought in as their de facto number one. I think the sure-handed receiver in that group is Hunter Henry. He has a nose for the end zone. I expect him to have another touchdown. And when I say must start, I'm not saying that Hunter Henry 
is going to blow up and give you Travis Kelsey numbers. But for the tight end position, if Hunter Henry ends with three catches and one of those catches is for a touchdown, he's going to end up a top 10 tight end. You want him on your roster. You want him in your starting lineup if that happens. Another tight end that I'm calling a must start, and this is more of a gut feeling because you can't keep this guy down forever. Can you? Kyle Pitts versus the Green Bay Packers. I think Green Bay's defense is going to be geared towards stopping what Atlanta does the best, and that's run the ball with Tyler Algier and B. John Robinson, which is going to should open up things if Desmond Ritter can get the ball to Kyle Pitts uh, in holes in the zone and across the middle. He can do some yard after catch magic that we've seen him do his rookie year. Uh, I expect Kyle Pitts to eventually blow up. There's a good opportunity for him to do it week two and then give his fantasy managers a little sigh of relief since anyone that's drafted him or owns him in Dynasty has really been waiting for what we've been expecting from this athletic freak. Bring me to my next must-start pass catcher, and that's Jalen Waddle, Miami Dolphins going against the Patriots. I think that the Patriots are going to scheme to do everything they can to not let Tyreek Hill catch 30 balls for 300 yards. Uh, that's going to leave a lot of things open for Jalen Waddle. I think Miami should go into this game thinking the exact same thing. I'm not saying to use Tyreek strictly as a decoy because if he's open, you got to throw it to him. But if you go into it game planning to spread the ball around while the other team is focusing on Tyreek Hill, I think Jalen Waddle is the perfect 1B receiver uh, that can have a blow-up game. I'm expecting Jalen Waddle to have two touchdowns and over 100 yards receiving. Sprinkle in maybe about six to nine catches for a top 10 fantasy day against the Patriots. Patriots are good defensively. Talent-wise, they're not better than the offensive weapons that the Miami Dolphins possess. So give me all of Jalen Waddle in week two following some really bad football in week one, or as I like to call it, preseason week four, because let's face it, for the past four or five years, we haven't seen real quality football in week one in a while. Doesn't seem like teams get their footing and really get their rhythm until about week three. So we're hoping for week two to give us a little bit more entertaining fantasy games than week one gave us. But these guys aren't going to do it. First person I'm going to say keep on your bench or find a different option if available is Lamar Jackson versus Cincinnati. This is more of a wait and see. Just because in a win last week versus one of the worst defenses in the league, Lamar put up a stinker. There was different people that scored, you know, basically Lamar wasn't the reason why they balled out or why they won that game. I don't expect the same outcome in Cincy. I expect Cincy to try to keep the ball away from Lamar Jackson and the Baltimore Ravens. There's a lot of question marks in that backfield right now. So I don't know if Baltimore is going to unleash Lamar the runner. I don't know if that's really the best game plan against Cincinnati, if it's going to have to turn into a shootout. So I think he's going to have to rely on his receivers, and I don't think that receiving core is proven yet. Odell doesn't look back to his previous top 10 wide receiver form. Zay Flowers is, he's blossoming, like that one, but uh, he's not a number one wide receiver. And right now, Rashad Bateman is almost looking like a waste of a draft pick the way they don't utilize him. If Mark Andrews is not available in this game, that definitely makes it even an easier decision to not start Lamar Jackson. You have to start it if you don't have a backup quarterback. Just temper your expectations. It may not be the Lamar game that you want uh, from a guy that you drafted as high as you did. My next bench comes from the running back position, and that's Cam Akers of the Rams. Well, A, he's going to get in San Francisco. It's a stout run defense. They just embarrassed Najee Harris and the Pittsburgh Steelers. B, he's not the starting running back anymore. 
if you're looking at pure usage and and what they did with their touches, Cam Akers was averaging maybe about 1.1 yards per carry against Seattle in a win, while Karen Williams was balling and used every opportunity available to make the most out of his touches, ending with two touchdowns and more yards on the ground. So I think their backfield is shifting in LA towards Kieran Williams, while Cam Akers is probably going to see more of like a, like a third third and short role, um, maybe sprinkle in a few more carries if it gets out of hand. That's the only way I see him really getting a lot of run here is if the game gets out of hand. Either way, I think K- Kieran Williams is going to get the more quality catches in the backfield. I don't really want any part of Cam Akers for rest of season. Unless there's some sort of injury to Kieran Williams, but even then, it just doesn't seem like the burst is there. Doesn't seem like he's hitting the hole as hard, and it just doesn't seem like he's in motion with this resurgent Rams offense right now. He seems to be the odd man out. So, bench Cam Akers, and for a receiver, I'm gonna say go ahead and bench Cortland Sutton versus Washington. He had an opportunity last week with Jerry Judy out to really establish himself as a go-to wide receiver one for the Broncos. And it just, he caught a touchdown, I don't know, four catches. It, it, it's not what we want to see for a guy that a couple of years ago we were drafting as a wide receiver two in the fourth round. So Cortland Sutton, I think it may be, it's one of those things where we may have seen the best of Cortland Sutton that we're going to see. I personally hope that he balls out. I just don't think it's going to happen in this game. Washington has a stout front four, and they're going to come after the quarterback. So this might be more of a Mims game on some short routes or maybe some dump-offs to Javante Williams. I just don't think there's going to be enough time for these plays to unfold to get Courtney Sutton the ball where he needs to get it. He's not really a guy that you can give a bubble screen to, and he just disappears in a cloud of dust. His His routes need to be really specific in zones, and he needs to be able to beat guys in coverage. I just don't think that they're going to have enough time to do all that. I expect this to be a low-scoring affair. And in a low-scoring affair, you don't really want anybody in a low-scoring affair in your starting lineup. I say bench Cortland Sutton until further notice. So those are your must-starts and blow-up spots and guys who are going to get their spot blown up that you need to sit for week two. Like always, if you like the content that we're putting out, if you want to stay one step ahead of your league mates, go ahead and subscribe, go ahead and follow. And go ahead and let your league mates know that they can subscribe and follow too. And whoever gets to the information first and uses it will probably be the guy that's on top with the bragging rights. Until we see you next time, T, hit the music.